Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan, joined as always by Will Schroeder, my friend and the founder and CEO of Startups.com. Will, pretty much everybody, this isn't just a founder thing, pretty much everybody is still kind of hung up on this concept of a 40-hour work week. And it seems like a pretty outmoded construct in a lot of ways, and yet nobody's really come up with a, a much better answer for this. We're still trading units of time for for units of money. And we've rethought a lot of other aspects of the workplace from, you know, what, what gets done remotely to what gets done by AI to lots of different approaches for how work gets done. And yet we all still kind of do it within this same construct of units of time. Uh, why, why are we still hung up on this? Why are we still doing it like this? I think for a couple of reasons. One, we've just been doing it forever, right? It's all right. it's all we've known, right? Since the industrial revolution, people have have paid for units of time. And so, yeah. Ryan, if you and I got hired at the dock, we would both be paid for the units of time until you know until we, we clocked out. <laughs> Thank God, because if they're measuring our output, it would be a losing proposition for everyone. <laughs> all right. So before we get into this next topic, I just want to let you know what we talk about here is like. 1% of the conversation. You know, really this conversation is going on all day long online at groups.startups.com where Ryan and I pretty much talk endlessly with founders about every one of these topics. So if by the end of this discussion, you like the topic and you want to dig into it a little bit more with Ryan and I, just head to groups.startups.com and we'll pick it up from there. But now we're in a much, much different situation in, in many parts of, of, the, of the business world and certainly the startup world. And here's what's really interesting. In the entire time that we've been trying to figure out how to pay people, the implication is that I'm paying for the outcome, right? right? So if I'm hiring somebody in customer success, I'm paying for the outcome of what that is. If I'm hiring somebody to do legal, I'm paying for the outcome. And yet, we're always finding ourselves in this odd position of trying to shoehorn that outcome yeah. into units of time as if, if you worked this number of hours, that must mean I'm going to get this outcome. When really we want the outcome. Right. On top of that, we've somehow decided, and again, this is this is a labor law thing too, that 40 hours is the exact amount of work for every <laughs> single job that can be done on the entire planet. <laughs> Which is funny, right? We defined as both a minimum and a maximum, right? Yeah. You don't work less than 40 hours a week. You must not work more than 40 hours a week. Like, how how, how do we decide this? Like, what, where was the study that was done to, to prove this empirically? Never happened. Or, or when, when was it updated? Right, yeah. <laughs> like, was it yeah, done seriously. in the 1920s? Like, yeah, I mean... Before then. If, if you were to take the modern workplaces we know, it, particularly around startups, and again, that's what we're focused on here, yep. and you were to say, let's design a, uh, a pay schedule, let's design a work schedule all around what's current. And someone said this, someone said, I got an idea. Let's say that just assume... Every job needs, well, let's call it 40 hours exactly to, to be done. Right? No, everybody in the yeah. room would start laughing, right? Yeah, like, yeah. That doesn't make any sense, right? Like, I can yeah. do my job in 12. Uh, the second is, and let's just pay people in units of time, regardless of whether they perform, right? And you're like, well, okay, that, that doesn't make sense. But am I going to have to try to like manage their performance? And it's right. like, well, let's say you're a developer, for example. We'll get into all this. But like, let's say you're a developer and you work for an entire year but you don't deliver anything. People will say, well, you'll get fired. Cool, but you still got paid, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're in, this, we're in this, this, this mechanism where we assume hours equals productivity. Conversely, right. we assume that 
if I'm not working all of the hours, I must not be fully productive. And I think we just need to tear this apart today. Like, let's, sure. let's dig into it. Let's think a little bit. Let's rethink how this system works, where it breaks down, and maybe where it holds up, you know, if, if, if it comes back that way. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you and I have talked about this. Other episodes, we've talked about this offline, online. We're still going to have this one really sticky issue that I, I doubt we'll solve today because we've tried to solve this. And it's that at the end of the day, it really is not just easiest, but like sort of sensical that when you boil it all down and you get down to that final little empirical formula for how you're going to pay people, it does sort of map back to time in one way or another, right? You can say, well, no, it's, it's based on the product. Well, sure. But calculations of all of the inputs and the cost of that product went into it, um, a lot of which were time and traditionally speaking, units of labor over time. Uh, and so I, I, I'm really curious to see where this goes. And at some point, I'm hoping we get some feedback from, from other people who've thought through this. Um, but as much as I agree with the entire concept of blowing up the notion of the 40 hour work week, I'm not sure how we entirely get away from time equals money. Right. Well, let's, so let's pick it apart. Let's explore. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, so the first thing we just talked about a moment ago was this concept of paying for outcomes. Yep. And, and I just want to be clear. There are two very different ends of the spectrum of this, of this uh, argument or this benefit. <laughs> yeah. The average person is going to look at this and say, I agree. It doesn't yes. matter if it takes me 40 hours. If it takes me 12, as long as you got the outcome, I should be paid. Hold up. What if it takes you 200 hours? Should right. you still only get paid for, for right. you know, the original amount? Uh, well, no, that it took me longer. This, only, yeah, hours this, this is one of those only works one direction, right? Only works one direction. <laughs> right. So only, this only works if what you're saying is that I work less. You're right, right. right. When I say let's kill the 40 hour work, work more, week, people right. are thinking, oh, I, I dig it. I work Sweet. less. Yeah. Not if you suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might work yeah. very differently. So yeah, but that's an interesting proving point. I mean, like there's probably some correlation between that and the Peter principle, which is to say that like, if it did take you 200 hours to do something you're supposed to be able to do in 40, uh, you're probably in the wrong job. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And I so, hired that painter once as a matter of fact, and I <laughs> we all have. Right. And so, uh, let's go with, with the advantageous, you know, to the employee, uh, yep. and really to the employer side, which is I'm going to pay you for outcomes. Uh, and based on those outcomes, you take as long as you take. Right. Yeah. But we'll, we'll just take hours off the table for a second. Here's where it gets a little bit gnarly. We try to do this in our own business, obviously, Ryan, at startups.com, yeah. where we've got you know, a fair amount of people. And we try to look at all their, call it KPIs, if you will, or OKRs, or, you know, and, and say, we're going to pay you for this job and we expect you to get these results. Here's where that gets a little bit tricky for us. And I'll give you a good example. Let's talk about something um, like that that everybody deals with, like working with a developer, right? Sure. And so the developer says, I can have this done by Friday. Cool. But what if in the past, you should, you should be able to get that done by the end of the day? Yeah. Just to be clear, I'm still paid over a period of time, right? So I have no incentive anymore for things to, to happen any, any more quickly, right? So in other words, whereas before we used to say, well, hold on a second. You used to get that done in a day. Now it all of a sudden takes you a week well, you're just paying me for outcomes. So when it gets done, it gets done. That's right. a little bit different. You know what I mean? Theoretically, there are incentives there, right? It depends right. on, so are we, are we talking about, you know, full-time employment 
which again, like once you, once you blow up a 40 hour work week, what exactly does that mean? Cause again, even, even the That's terminology used tricky. around this is, is time, right? So right. if you're truly paying, so let's, let's look at this in two different ways. You've got the, the full-time equivalent, right? You've got somebody who mm-hmm. works for you and only works for you. That is an absolute trap, uh, for, for the employer, because now they can just push that back and say, yeah, okay, you just want the outcome. I gave you the outcome. We don't agree on the time frame that it should have taken, but again, we're back to time, right? right. And so there's always going to be some component that it's going to be impossible to, to completely. Well, here, here's what I'm saying. Yeah. The assumption is that um, we have accurate accounting for how long things should yeah. take uh, in, in what we should pay for that. That's not as easy as it sounds, right? And, and people will, will no. push back and say, well, good managers know how to do that. Dude, I don't no, no, know how long don't. every single job in the entire <laughs> company takes, right? Yeah. I'm guessing if you're listening, you don't either. You don't right? Yeah. Let me, let me paint a picture because this is, so the other side of that I was going to say, you got the full-time equivalents on one side, you got, let's, let's call it freelance on the other. So there's been a massive boom in freelance and, and people leaving full-time jobs uh, during the pandemic and going off and starting to do their own thing. Right. And in a lot of cases, those freelancers are now doing project-based work where there's a defined deliverable with a defined right. cost. Right? right. And that's great. And in theory, that works really well for both sides. It takes the time pressure off of the employer. They no longer care, the the buyer in this case. I'm paying you to get this thing. Now, timelines may still be important. I may not say like, because I'm only paying you $10,000 for this product, this thing I want from you, doesn't mean I can wait two years for it to put behind every one of your other projects. Um, So time may still be important, but it takes the pressure of, I overpaid you for the amount of time that you delivered on this thing. From the freelancer side, it puts the time pressure on them, right? So now it's Correct. These are both their best the interest to, to deliver as quickly as possible. Right. Here's, here's what happened. Here's, this is the, the proof in the pudding uh, in terms of not everybody's good at knowing exactly how long it's going to take. How many freelancers or people who branch up on their own in the last two years will have you talked to who are now way over their toes in terms of projects? Because why? Well, this one took a little longer than I thought. We had a little bit of delay on this one, right? It yep. constantly happens. And this is when manage you scope. have full agency and control over, over the project and right. you're still not getting it right, right? So right. this isn't easy to do, right? Project costing is a trillion dollar industry, right? Because it's so damn complicated. Uh, so yeah. the idea that we can get like super clean and clear and objective on this and say like, well, look, we've figured it out, right? We know exactly what this thing is going to take from a time perspective. And then again, then what do you do, right? Is there any buffer on that? Or are we back to the 40 hour work? You don't work any less than that. You don't work anymore. Um, so even if we are really accurate, how much does that buy us? Well, look, again, I think if we were to say we only pay for outcomes, yeah. I think that would actually be way more advantageous to startups because, you know, to the employers. I think so too. Because you could just, you could know your fixed costs on everything, yep. right? Because the truth is, we don't care how many hours our team actually works. Yep. We're just trying to do this weird math to map that back to the outcomes we're trying to yep. get to, right? Yep. So again, two ends of the spectrum. One end of the spectrum are folks that are working purely on project. Doesn't matter how long things take. It takes me 20 minutes or 200 hours. That's my problem. You pay for the outcomes. Want to be clear, there are only so many things you can spec out like that. Right. Right. But okay, okay, let's call that. On the other end of the spectrum is you're going to pay me regardless. You're going to hope I get outcomes. You're going to try to manage to those outcomes. But the truth is that meter is just going to keep on running. That's the way the world mostly works within startups, right? Yeah. You know, we we look at our um, all our different operating teams, whether it's marketing or development or whoever it is, and we say, well, you're kind of going to get paid either way. 
I'm hoping there's an outcome, right? right? But you're going to kind of get paid either way. And again, people are going to say, well, you got to manage better or you can fire people if it were only that easy. Right. We're in a system now where we pay for units of time when in reality, we actually want the outcomes. But we have this bizarre construct that we've been holding on to forever. So people get paid whether they deliver an outcome or not. Now, again, they may have a consequence later, but they're still getting paid. That's a shitty yeah. system. It's wildly yeah. inefficient, right? It is. And that's the thing. The consequence is after the fact, right? It doesn't necessarily even help us get the outcome that we wanted. And all we can do is say that was a subpar outcome and a series of subpar outcomes, perhaps. And now we'll make a different decision, which is to say part company with that person or take them off that project, whatever. It doesn't right. actually still get us what we wanted. And it's, it's only punitive um, and not even really, because to your point, they did still get paid. They're not going to get paid anymore, right. uh, but that's a different issue. Now, in the middle, you kind of the hybrid that we're kind of really talking about or working toward is all I care about are your outcomes. They're extremely well-defined, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay you, you know, a salary for the course of the year to get to those outcomes. They take as long as they take. Right. The only thing you can't come back to me and say is, oh, it took me more time, so that's a problem. You have to deliver on those outcomes within those timelines, or you failed at your part of the contract. Now, most yeah. people would say, well, isn't that how employment works? No, it's really not. No. <laughs> it sounds like it works like that. It just doesn't. So I think, again, there's a bit of a push-pull here. Um, from the employer, it's, look, I'm taking like this, this hours tracking thing off the table. But from the, uh, from the employee, there has to be a more defined outcome and consequence yeah. if those outcomes aren't held. We see that in project work. Yeah, which is, okay, so project work. It's possible in that scenario. Right. It's possible where we have really clear definitions. Yep. But by virtue of what we're doing in a startup, a lot of what we're paying for is for people to figure shit out. Mm -hmm. Right. How do you put a time frame on that? How do you say this is how long it should take you to figure this shit That's out? That's what I'm saying. It, it's it not can. easy. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Not easy. Moving on again. I, I think I think the hybrid there is is being able to say, I don't give a shit how long it takes you, but you have to have these outcomes. Right. Or, or, or else, right. You, either you're fired yeah. or, or maybe you're on an incentive bonus, whatever. Right. But when and you say you, you don't care how long it takes, you don't, you don't exactly mean that either. Right. Because we did say you have to deliver by this time. Right. So we don't uh, care if it takes you less time than that. Uh, what you're saying. The deadlines are what they are. Yes. Right? This has to be done by Friday. If it takes you 20 minutes or 80 hours, right. <laughs> and you don't sleep until Friday, that's right. on you right? Yeah. It's, it's your incentive to get it done uh, shorter. I'm not saying yeah. you can, you have till Saturday to do it. Right. I think this right? is where it becomes really problematic because you, you not only need, you not only need really clear definition, you also need agreement and in consortium on how long this is going to take, right? Because so hard as the, as, as the founder, as the employer, as, as the manager, whoever is on the, the upper end of this, uh, this equation, you also don't want to, to find out that it took them 80 hours. Right. As, right. as a good human, at least you don't. I don't want to find out that, you know, I had somebody working, you know, until four o'clock in the morning every night simply because we misspect a project. Um, right. Now, if it's just down to them, like, let's say, you know, it, 80 hours elapsed between the time we said we're going to get this done and they, they finished it. That's different than it took them 80 hours to do it. You know, we would have both had to have been very wrong if it was like you can get it done by this week and it took 80 hours. But this kind of thing happens. And this is, right. the, this is the danger with outcome based is that, you know, and, and some of the systems, you know, some of the management systems account for some of this, right? Like OKR, you're not supposed to get more than like 70% uh, 
uh, of your OKR, right? If you did, uh, it was too easy. If it's less than that by, by, you know, a magnitude, then it was, it was too hard. Right. And so there, there has to be some flexibility within this. Uh, well, I think one of the big questions becomes how much flexibility can exist before it starts to be taken advantage of by one side or the other, intentionally or otherwise. I think one of the systems that we've had in place, we've talked about in other episodes for a long time at startups.com is our one-week sprint system, yeah. right? Ryan, me, you, and the other leaders in the organization, every Monday we sit down and we say, here's where we're going to get done by Friday, right? Yeah. That's it. Now, I'm not saying that system works for everyone, but here's what's really interesting. We don't have to sit around and wonder how much time people spend. Right, it either was yep. done or it wasn't done. You know, come the following right. Monday. Um, now, some things take longer. Some things take longer than a week. In where possible, we try to chunk it up until you know what we can get done this week versus the next sure. week. Yeah. But here's what's really interesting: because we're only focused on the outcome and not the time involved, that's the only thing that we're really tracking. Right. Yep. On Monday, they got done. It did, and because that's the case, people have a little more flexibility in kind of how they get them done. If it takes longer, they just eat more hours. Yep. It seems to work out great. Again, that works out our, for our management team. If we were to roll that out really across the whole company, uh, exactly like that, it would only work if people were working fewer than forty hours. Right. Right. If, if every one of these, and you you could adjust the the, the timelines of the projects, but again, uh, you mentioned this a moment ago. When we talk about uh, let's pay for outcomes, what we're really saying is l- let's allow everybody to work less hours because no one's signing up for this this pay for outcome program if it costs them yeah. more hours than they're working now. Um, so we have to, it's our job as the manager just to kind of l- like um, figure out exactly what the work is. And, and I think we're still coming back to somewhere around 40 hours, but I think I want to dig into that again a little bit later too about kind of what the 40 hour uh, benchmark even looks like. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important because without some definition around that, like it's just, it's not clear for either side of this. Uh, the, the other inherent issue, if you, if you truly let this be kind of self-defined, like if we were to roll this out and say like, we don't care, uh, how much time it takes, these are the things you're getting done this week. Where that becomes a little problematic is when you have dependencies across departments or even within a single department, right? If somebody gets the, the important critical component of their the project done on their side in five hours and somebody else drags it out for two weeks. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. What happens to the project, right? So you've got all of these other really complicated dynamics when people are reliant on each other for as, as part of the total outcome. Um, yeah, this is where my, my brain just starts to hurt. <laughs> you know, by the way, I just want to mention if what we're talking about today sounds like the kind of discussion you wish you were having more often. You actually can. You know, we're online all day, every day, working through exactly these types of topics with founders just like you. So, any question you would have, or maybe some problem you just want to work through, we're here and we love this stuff. And we're easy to find. You know, head over to groups.startups.com and let's just start talking. Let me jump ahead a little bit uh, to this idea of like abandoning the 40-hour benchmark because because I, I want to talk okay. about that in terms of what because we keep coming back to it, right? We keep coming back to, well, um, is it working less than 40 hours, et cetera? Yeah. I, I just want to open this part of it up by saying the idea that everyone should work exactly 40 hours to get the same job done, I think everybody would agree is, is absurd. But We've also kind of baked in kind of a worker's right. And I'm not opposed to it, by the way. You know, don't, don't put up the pitchforks on me just yet. I'm not opposed to it. 
but we've gotten this concept that that, that the 40 hours is a, a do not exceed threshold, which in the startup world is almost heretical, right? I right. mean, that's like, so, so like we'd kill to work a 40. I've never worked a 40 hour work, yeah. week, right? Like, like that's called vacation. And, and that's not awesome, by the way. I'm not bragging about that. It's, it's <laughs> no, shitty. It's horrible, right? right? Um, but I think we've got this idea that 40 hours is as much as a human should work. Right. Or said differently, if you're working less, you're a slacker. And if you're working more, you're overworked. Where do you think that comes from? Like, if you look at not just yourself, Ryan, but, but yeah. the people around you, why does that feel like something that's generally agreed upon? I mean, this goes back to some bad labor practices of the past where people were being overworked and worked into the ground. But we're talking about like hard physical labor jobs. Uh, where the expectation was you worked a 12-hour day. And in right. a lot of cases, and this is the industrial period, you were working six days a week at 12 yeah, hours. Yeah, your body's Sundays exhausted. Off. Right. Your body's exhausted, right? And so there was a combination of, you know, some level of unionization where people came back and said, like, hey, we're not going to do this shit anymore. Collectively, we're saying no um, because this is really bad for us. How we landed on 40, I have no idea. Because if you talk to, you know, people in, in the productivity space, They'll tell you we're far less productive than that, right? It was the same oh, thing. That, I that's where I was headed. That's as a kid, headed. right? As a kid, that whole thing where like the optimal amount of learning in a single session is 20 minutes, right? And the, you know, you can, the average person can learn for, uh, you know, up to two hours a day. I'm like, and why are we sitting here for seven and a half to eight hours every day in school? It, it's um, crazy. But yeah. on, let's stick with that. You and I talked uh, a while back about how we had broken out our days, right? Remember, yep. you know, we were listing kind of yes. like exactly how like every 15 minute increment in our days went, where we were productive, where we weren't. Yep. And both arrived at roughly the same conclusions. In my case, I have at most on a good day, if I've slept, which is rare, um, <laughs> a two to three hour like moment of clarity where yep. I can, you know, I can write stuff like the stuff we yep. talk about you know, on the show. Deep work, creative work, yeah. Deep work, creative work, whatever, right? So if I were to go to another company and they were to say, Will, we want, we want that 40 hours a week. I'm like, I, I physically don't, don't have, have it. it. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, I love that. would be awesome. Yeah. When I said a moment ago that, you know, I've never been able to work 40 hours. Here's, here's the part that I'm leaving out. I show up more than 40 hours. When yeah. I say work, this isn't me slacking. I've actually got a, a, a painfully good work ethic. I just can't perform, right? right, for more than those hours. So, so what am I doing in the other time? Shit, man, maybe I'm recording this show with you, right? Yeah. Or you know, maybe I'm resolving some employee issue or whatever, right? My point is, the work that people would pay me for, what they really yeah. want from me, is so limited. And it's so rare that it's consistent on any given day. And I'm going to go so far as to say, that's probably the case for a lot of other people too. So when we think about 40 hours, I don't think we have a linear 40 hours to think about, right? I think maybe for most people, for the kind of work that we pay for these days, 15, 20, and maybe I'm still being generous, which is why I'm starting to like, you know, kind of like yeah. look at that 40 hour benchmark and saying, what are we really looking at? Yeah. You know, are, we, are we measuring against the standard that never really existed? It's your seven hours of being in school. Yep. yep. Right? Like I was in school for seven hours. Dude, they did studies. Like you, you learned an hour and a half tops, right? <laughs> right? That would have been a week for me. But when I think in these terms, right, Ryan, like when I start to think like, oh man, we're so hung up on 40 hours or, oh my God, I worked 60 hours and 
we did an episode recently. We were saying, I don't care how many hours you worked, <laughs> what'd you get yeah. done? Um, I think the 40 hour benchmark is bullshit. I think we need to have basically an output benchmark of, of when am I at peak of the yeah. things that you're actually paying me for? And how do we, how do we absorb and focus on that as a, as a benchmark? In theory, it's simple, right? You, you start to do the same types of things that we did, which were to break down the, our day parts and look at, you know, what type of work are we getting done here and there? Um, which I think in, in the case of a founder executive, it, it can make more sense. They're pretty dynamic. What about when you're talking about somebody whose job it is? And I mean, we're, we're in the startup space, so these don't exist nearly as much, but there are certain roles. And I guess we'll probably just exclude those from the discussion where you are kind of just filling space and time. Right. Yes. You need somebody to to greet people when they come into our restaurant. Sure. Right. Yeah, like, sure. So there, there, but that's back to the doc worker, right? Ryan. The, the, right. You know, there's it, no, again, that's, there's not measurable output there. Right. And so we hold those aside. If the person yeah. just has to be on standby to answer phones for customer success, then yeah. I'm sorry. Business hours probably make sense because we yeah. literally need hours in units <laughs> of people being present for right. those things. Question but, still becomes: Is forty the right number? Right. Yes. Is is that enough? Is it not enough? Like, is it too much? I don't know, right? Like conceivably, if that's all you have to do um, and now you're doing it from home and it's more flexible, couldn't you make the case that, well, you could actually do that for 60 hours a week now? That's my point, right? And look, I, I, again, I, I think I think w- w- without having the labor attorneys kind of pop out of the, out of this, out of the ceiling I, like ninjas and, and attack yeah. us. Um, I locked my windows. Let, let's focus this part of the discussion around being what hours are we actually trying to pay for? Yeah. For example, for salespeople, right? I want to pay for the hours and by way that the outcome where they're actually on calls or they're sitting in front of clients or they're, or, yeah. or they're closing sales. And that's why we have commission structures. And for sales, the performance side, no one gives a shit about their hours, right? They're so focused yeah. on performance and sales and it's so measurable. But when we looked at softer stuff, like from the creative team, the marketing yeah. team, the development team, they don't have 40 hours of nonstop production. And by the way, if you do... Yeah. Call Ryan and I. We will hire right. you today. Yes. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> opened four new positions. For waiting you. for yes. you. It, that, that is either so hard to even get to, much less achieve, and yet our entire pay structure is based on that arbitrary benchmark. Yeah. What I would love to, to be able to say is, look, how many hours would you say are, are your most productive hours? Good. How can I buy those hours? I'll give an example. Uh, we recently contracted with some uh, some outside developers. We had the option of of paying for um, full time or part time. And one of the thoughts I had was, you know, maybe if we paid half the rate, but we paid for the, like kind of the better hours, maybe we'd be better off. Lo and behold, and I think it's also because they're contracting their performance base, they tend to be a little bit more higher output relative to the number of hours that we're contracting for. But there, let me let me expand on that. So so I've given this this particular aspect. And I never really thought about it in terms of time versus money because it wasn't really right. that. But I get asked all the time how to hire people into marketing roles, right? And so one of the things that I talk about is that where you get this right is on role definition, right? right. And, and and narrowing that as much as you can. This conversation always comes up in in terms of people asking about hiring a generalist, a marketing manager, and I'm always I'm always wary of that and saying, well, look, here's the challenge with that type of a role, right? If you're not at like a CML level, you're talking like a you know an entry level generalist, right? What are they actually going to be good at? Where are their like superpowers? What are they going to do? The chances are they have some, but you're going to be paying them for 40 hours worth of stuff 
but you're maybe going to be getting five or 10 hours of what they're actually good at. Right. And in the startup space, sometimes that's okay because like we said before, there's a lot of flexibility in how we get things done by, by nature of the beast, right? Right. We're, we're learning. So we're in this constant, you know, cycle of identify problem, uh, try to figure out solution for it, you know, learn something, apply something, uh, take stock of what happened and then react accordingly, maybe going back to learning phase or whatever. Um, but I think that in, in the same way, the, in order to maximize people's productivity, um, beyond like all of the, the, the mechanical things that we can do in terms of the amount of time they're at work, where they're working, all those things that we're like, we're talking about now, the one that we haven't touched on is this role design. And I think that's a really important one. If you don't design somebody's role such that they're focused on those hours that you want them to perform for, it's not going to happen by accident. Right. right. It just Agreed. Yeah. I agree. So I think your, your example is a great one in that if you've got, you know, a, a highly specific function and a highly specific project, then why would you hire that person to do something? It's like it, it, ludicrous as it would sound. We often end up in situations like this. Imagine if you're like, okay, well, that developer is only going to spend 20 hours a week on this project because that's all they can. We're going to have them write copy for the other 20 hours a week. Right? right. Sounds ludicrous. Right. But we often end up having people do things that they're not amazing at. And so I think that one of the, one of the, the things that can happen is we re-envision what work looks like as a whole. And this would be panacea is you're only ever paying people for their superpowers. Now that does not fit well into our current employment constructs. Not at all. Right. Fractional work. Yes, but not in the way we do it now. Takes me to our next point. Part of this is because we've set business hours. Yeah. Right. Somebody determined because of daylight uh, yeah. that, that we had between uh, 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. Right. And I structured it uh, every day that we're going to be productive. And within that time, uh, that's when everybody has to determine that they're not only productive, but they actually need all of those hours in exactly that time. Now, yeah. we've seen this, Ryan, because we've been a remote team for almost a decade, Right that no one seems to follow that pattern. Almost every developer and creative is like, no, I work better at night. Um, Because people have families and lives and a lot of people are at home right now. There's a lot of things going on throughout the day. So that the nine to five schedule doesn't really make sense for anybody. And and I would even go so far as to argue, again, we reset the meter. We all sat down for the first time and work hadn't existed. No one would propose Let's all work exactly yeah. from nine to five, right? It, <laughs> right. Just, it just wouldn't actually make any sense. Now, yeah. if you had a retail business, you need customers to come in. So you had to be there for something. Yeah. Sure. If you have to be on the phones at a certain time. Sure. Right. If you're making sales calls and generally your sales calls are, are happening when people aren't eating dinner. Sure. Right. I get that at a high level, but here's where it messes up things a little bit. We said it's between nine and five or nine and six, depending on if you count the lunch hour. Cool. Um, why is that the case for literally everybody, right? Not everybody needs all those hours. So what we end up doing is we say, I'm going to pay everybody for 40 hours, regardless of whether we need those hours or not. Look, if it takes you fewer hours, you shouldn't need to do 40 hours. And if it takes you longer, you probably suck at your job. (laughs) I don't think I should be paying you more for that. It's this really interesting construct that's dated as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and I think that unfortunately, a lot in the startup space, especially productivity is largely left as an individual effort, right? Meaning that it's incumbent upon the employee 
to figure out how I can be most productive. And if they're relatively young or they're in a new role or it's a rapidly growing role, they may not have any inkling on how to actually accomplish that. As I think back to, you know, my most productive periods, they've always been times where I had a lot of clarity around being able to switch from one thing to another. So I sort of knew that I'm going to spend my productive hours on this for this type of thing. Like I've got super analytical work that I've got to get done. When my brain gets tired of that, I've got another project waiting in the wings that doesn't require that part of my brain. I can do something more creative uh, or something just a bit more rote. And so it was those periods, but that was all on me to design that, right? It wasn't somebody else saying, do this thing and find your your optimal work balance. That was incumbent upon me. And I I largely see that productivity um, within startup companies tends to be a function of the the individual as opposed to a function of team design, role design. Um, And I'm not suggesting that that should absolutely change because I don't know that that's possible going back to just how dynamic these things are. Um, I'm not sure that it's possible for a manager when we have the luxury of having a manager for, for some of our staff at early stages uh, to sit back and say, you know, here's how you should structure your day. Here's how you're going to be more productive. Let me coach you through this. Um, there just seems to be a lot less of that in the startup space than in the corporate space, uh, which is ironic because I still think that if you look at output, um, you know, and you could objectively measure that, I generally feel like startups are more, uh, more productive, have more output than you see in a corporate environment. Right. And so, you know, some of these things that we do and we tell ourselves like, well, it would be better if we could do this. I'm just not sure we have that much of an impact here. What we need are responsive hours, Yeah, right? These are the times where, when you just need to be responsive if something happens or collaborating, sure. right? If we need to work through an issue and there's four of us, let's say on a Slack chat or that need to get in a Zoom call, we just need a certain amount of a time, an expectation that we'll yeah. all be responsive, right? That's different than, than what business hours have historically been. Business hours are more like sit by your phone for eight hours in the, in the chance that it rings right. in case somebody you know, needs to ring you. And yeah. so it turns out that our business hours and our productive hours aren't necessarily the same. So if, if your most productive time, Ryan, is between 5 a.m. to 8 a.m., but that doesn't sync with the collaborative business hours, aren't yeah. we kind of totally overlooking things? Or- this is why I moved two time zones away. I mean, <laughs> I solved this problem. <laughs> I made my productive it. hours align with business hours because I am good between 5 and 8. Yeah. Right. And that's the same with me. So, you know, I get up crazy early and my most productive hours, like a lot of people who get up crazy earlier, are in the morning. Yep. Here's where that messes with me. So I usually get up around 4.30 or 5. And I, it's, not, it's not cool. I'm not bragging about it. I don't do it intentionally. Um, and, but I end up working until I call like 8-ish, right? Yep. Well, shit. Now by 9 o'clock, I've got like four hours of my day burned. Yeah. And, and technically, by virtue of business hours, I haven't worked any hours. Yep. Right? Here's where that messes with me. Now I've got another clock that starts from 9 to 6. Okay. So by the time six o'clock rolls around, dude, I've been working for 13 hours. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's if I clock out at exactly six o'clock. Um, my, in for like, I know for developers historically work, work at night, they're on the opposite schedule. They're like, dude, people are dragging me all throughout the day. And by the time I'm about to start my work right in the evening where I'm going to get all yeah. my work done, I'm exhausted. Yeah. You know, I, I struggle with it too, because now, especially, okay, so now we're, we're only one hour apart. So our time right. zones have gotten a little closer together. 
Um, and, and that's a bit easier for me because I have the same issue. I start really early. Um, and then just because everybody else tends to be done at four o'clock, my time local, I don't stop at four o'clock, my time. I stop at six, seven, seven thirty, eight sometimes, uh, which again, you know, I started at eight, your time or six, my time. Um, so yeah, we end up working these, these really protracted days, um, because, you know, we're, we need these responsive hours. We need some hours of overlap. But then I also really crave that time where I'm working and nobody else is. I love those hours because I everybody get a lot says done. that super people, productive, right? People say they would come in on a Saturday and they loved coming yeah. in on a Saturday because they were uh, undistracted, yeah. and and they got to a point where they're like, "Man, I get so much more work done." That's the way I feel between five a.m. to eight a.m. But guess yeah. what? I hate the fact that it doesn't count mentally in my mind. To this day, thirty years later, when nine a.m. hits, that's when the workday starts, right? And when 6 p.m. Uh, closes, that's when like most of the workday ends. For me, and this yeah. is a personal thing, it sucks because I feel super guilty if I'm not, you know, super like focused that entire time. It would never occur to me to just like stop working for four hours because I may have worked four hours prior to that. Probably yeah, should. It doesn't work. It doesn't, but you, but you, you can't. I mean, to, to some degree that, that implies that everybody else can also just not have you around for those four hours. Right. And so, like you said, when we're in a collaborative model, Correct. that doesn't really work. Like, yes, right. technically you could do that. Practically speaking, uh, it doesn't work in a lot of cases. It would, it would create shortfalls for other, other individuals. Um, and just emotionally doesn't feel good to know that like, Oh, I'm not working out. People are seeing me not working. Um, because the reality is they, they, they don't know. It, it's funny. People don't notice when you are working, but they tend to notice when you're not. <laughs> so they, <laughs> I've got, I've got they a weren't funny worried about whether that. I was productive or not when I was working. But the minute my, my slack light goes off, you know, everybody starts to worry. Is somebody paying attention to that? Do they, do they see that I'm not working now, right? Or said differently, were they paying attention before when I was up three hours before them, um, you know, two time zones away? And the answer is no. No, they don't. Um, well, one of the things we haven't really talked about today is why are we trying to figure this out at all, right? What, where are we going with this, right? So I, I have my own thoughts. I want to hear yours. Why does this matter? What is it that we're trying to figure out? Are we trying to give people more time back so they can what? Um, if we're saying that it's not necessarily about giving more people their time back, but it's really about focusing on productivity, different issue. But it does sound like we are still somehow equating this to time and saying, you know, blow up the 40-hour work week. To what end? What, what benefit are we trying to create here? What in your mind is the, is the upside of saying, let's get away from 40 hours? I think I keep looking back at this antiquated system that we would have never created, right? The same way I feel about the, the current modern day office. Yep. If we were to create this from scratch, it doesn't align with anybody's lifestyle. It doesn't align with, with how people are actually, as employers are actually trying to pay for work. And yet we all seem to be shoehorning our lives and our careers and our compensation and everything into a model that actually doesn't quite make sense for everybody. And I think, look, maybe we look at it and go, ah, shit, it's not the greatest model, but it's the only one we got, right? You know, yeah. I, we have a lot of other things in life that, that we that we backtrack to that on. Um, and, and so, you know, and maybe we, we stick with it for a minute, but I don't know, man, I think there's enough cracks in the wall by now where I'm starting to look at this and going, this doesn't really make sense. Like, I don't need you to be sitting by your phone all day. I've got Slack. I've got text. I've got a hundred other ways to asynchronously, asynchronously communicate with you. Ever since email, right? I didn't care if you had a desk phone anymore. <laughs> I'm not going to call you. Remember right? the last time I had one of those? Yeah. 
I, I don't even like, yeah. I don't know what use it would be. I guess you know my thought is the world has changed so much, right? We are in such a different construct than we used to be. Why hasn't all of all of the fundamental uh, constructs that we're now putting out there and how we employ people and how we manage time, et cetera, why haven't all, all of those caught up with us? Like, why are we yeah. still in the, in the Stone Ages? Fear. Fear, I think. Uh, fear, you know, at the, the, the things won't get done. Fear that we will lose productivity. Fear that we will lose money. Um, I, I think it, it does sort of map back to that, right? And, you know, it was an interesting question um, that, that we've asked ourselves before. We've asked the team, like, you know, if, if you could only work 30 hours a week, what would you be worried that you wouldn't get done, right? Nobody came back with anything very meaningful, but where does that end? Like, so if you take that down to 10 hours a week, what would you, what would you be afraid you wouldn't get done? I think at that point I could easily list a lot of things that I would be worried that they wouldn't get done. Sure. Um, but, you know, I think it, again, it goes back to how much clarity do we have? And like, as the bigger the organization gets, the harder this becomes mm-hmm. because those individual inputs and that productivity, you know, obviously impact a larger system but they become less meaningful on a percentage basis. And right. so it just becomes harder and harder to say, if you don't achieve this level of productivity, here's how it objectively impacts the company. But when I was asking the question before around why, it was really about what, what impact would you hope that this would enforce? You know, I, I agree with you. There's cracks in the wall. This doesn't really make sense. And yet, unlike the, the, the traditional construct we had around the office, which, you know, basically same time frames where all these things kind of came, came around in the same vintage. Um, there was an easy answer for that one, right? With the technologies that we have now, we simply said, uh, okay, what would be better than working in an office? And the answer was literally anywhere else. And everybody went, <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, right? Because yeah, yeah. The, the people have different answers for that, right? Everybody has a different answer for that. And the reality is we have an infrastructure that supports that. You can do a lot, you know, the, the type of jobs that we're talking about, most startup type functions, um, if you're not, you know, retail brick and mortar that requires a physical presence, you can do a lot of these things from sort of anywhere you want to be. Yeah. Um, and, and so that had an easy and obvious answer. The, the, the challenge we're having with this one is, yes, it makes sense to break this down, but into what, right? And is it, is it a lack of infrastructure? Is it the fact that, you know, we don't have, you know, I mean, if we had an AI system, let's say, for, for measuring productivity, in the same way that we have, you know, SaaS infrastructure to support communication and collaboration, all of these things that we sure. thought an office was required to do, um, if it does come down to productivity. So if AI immediately existed that could measure people's productivity, would we simply stop measuring time and only measure productivity? Um, because then again, you run into, like, that's what we're going for. But then to your point, man, what happens? You can't actually do that for 40 hours a week. Right. Well, you shouldn't have to. That's the whole point. Yeah. Uh, that, that AI or, or any other metric would say, look, Ryan, you've got 17 hours a week to sell. Right. You know, yeah. if you're going to go work to, to a company uh, yeah. and, and you can, you should sell that as the highest rate you can. Right. For those 17 um, yeah. But that's what you've got. Any other time it's bullshit time. I don't need you here for, from nine to five. I like our company will set a productivity. I'm sorry, a collaboration window. Right. We need yeah. everybody to be, to be available to collaborate between these four hours. And so that's when you need to be on your job. By the way, it also means you won't be distracted for more hours. So, so yeah. that's that's our window, right? Those are our business hours, so to speak, as we call them, right? Yeah. At this point, you could easily call those Slack hours. And oh my God, yeah, yeah, day, right. Like, Other than that, you can shut it off. Like, Slack. Yeah. No one expects you to be there, etc. Yep. And get your shit done during that time, right? 
It's like anything else. We grow to the size of our, our fishbowl. So yeah. look, Ryan, as far as I'm concerned, we've got to kill this construct. Now, whether or not we build it back, you know, it's somewhat similar using some, some, some new and, um, and kind of more recent technology, et cetera, so be it. But what I am saying, and I think you feel the same way, is this is too big of a construct to keep ignoring anymore. It affects yeah. too many people. It affects too, too big a part of our lives to start saying, well, let's just keep it the way it is. I think yeah. for everybody's benefit, for the startups, for the employees, for everybody in the ecosystem, we've got to take a fresh look at this and come up with a new plan. All right, so that was fun. But let's actually keep this conversation going. You've heard what we think about this, but you know, Ryan and I would really like to hear what you think. And we're online like all day long, pretty much talking about every startup topic you could think of from fundraising to customer acquisition to just really how to get all of this crazy startup stuff out of your head. And there's tons of other founders just like you. They're weighing in on these topics. So you'll get a chance to just hang out and meet some really smart founders. We're also super, super easy to find. You head over to groups.startups.com and let Ryan and I hear what's on your mind. Let's get to know each other a little bit and let's just start having more of these conversations.